everybody. Welcome back to the Dr. Greg Jones Optimization Academy, where I get to interview some of my favorite innovators in medicine and health and fitness and beyond. And today we have an extremely special guest. I'm excited to introduce Dr. Carrie Jones. I'm, I'm excited because I saw her give a lecture at our national convention for naturopathic doctor. It was like, oh my gosh, she's so smart. She's so smart. Like, oh my God, it's amazing. And she has, has all the good stuff. And I just, I want to take all the notes and learn more about this with her. And that lecture you gave was on mitochondria, which has near and dear place in my heart. And it should have a near and place, near and dear place in everyone's heart because we don't survive without them. So I'm going to do a quick bio quick read-in of Dr. Jones and Dr. Jones and Dr. Jones, check that out. This was by design. I was like, I want the best Dr. Jones is on this show. So that's what I'm going to do from now on. I only want Dr. Jones is on my podcast. It makes it easy. It makes it very easy. So Carrie Jones, naturopathic doctor. Uh, also, you have a master's in public health. Amazing. And a board certified naturopathic endocrinologist, even more amazing, is an internationally recognized speaker, consultant, and educator on the topic of women's health and hormones for over 20 years in the industry. Currently, she is the head of medical education at Rupa Health, amazing platform, and host of the Root Cause Medicine podcast. That is a great podcast. I want you all to subscribe to that. Hit pause on this. Go subscribe to that. Then come back. And then we talk about all these cool things. So welcome to the show, Dr. Jones. Dr. Jones, thanks for having me. <laughs> hard to keep up with us, isn't it? Oh, they can't. They, try. they can't. Yep. They try so hard. <laughs> it's okay, though. And this, again, this is a pleasure. And I want to thank you for taking time to come uh, talk mitochondria with us. Because um, when I have my patients here and we're talking about health and wellness and aging, and I make this list of the seven things that make you feel old. And I usually put mitochondria, you know, two or three on that. It really should be number one because it all filters from there. But to understand why mitochondria are important, we need to understand what mitochondria are. And that is where we start this because this is all about the mighty mobile metabolic. I'm running out of M's. Masters of mitochondria. Masters <laughs> of mitochondria. So first thing, uh, and, and do you want to go by Carrie or Dr. Jones? What's oh, Carrie, for sure. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thanks, yeah. Dr. Jones. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> it's like so formal, so formal. So Carrie, first things first, what are mitochondria? Well, first of all, thanks for having me on the show. I'm super excited. I, yeah. and I will say that I got into mitochondria because I have a hormone background and I was really just following up on the literature because hormones, estrogen, testosterone, progesterone, cortisol, they're all made. The first step for all of them is in the mitochondria. So while we know mitochondria make energy. We all learned that in school. There are cellular powerhouses. Mm -hmm. turns out they do other stuff like make hormones. So from that, if you think of like a bike wheel, the spoke I was in is the hormone spoke. And I was like, oh my gosh, mitochondria, they do this too. And that sent me down the rabbit hole of the mitochondria in general, because I was just trying to optimize people's hormones. And turns out the mitochondria are way mightier than we got taught in school, as we were saying, you know, off camera before. So the mitochondria are, um, they're old. They're billions of years old, billions with a B. I mean, as that commercial goes, they know a thing or two because they've seen a thing or two. And it's suspected that the mitochondria and humans kind of merged and they struck a deal where, as we were saying this before, that humans were like, I'll, you know, I'll put you in a body and I'll, I'll give you, and I'll give you food and uh, I'll start, I'll breathe for you. And then you pump out ATP and oxygen and, and help things go round and round. And so they are these little bacterium that are super old and they've sort of merged with us. And now 
we have, we're now we're besties. We love our mitochondria because they are our cellular powerhouses. They do provide the ATP, which is the battery to our body. And in the field I'm in, they do provide the first step to hormone production. So if you got hormone problems, you might have a mitochondrial problem. It's amazing. And it's like, I like to think of them as symbiotic mm -hmm. in, in many ways. They're symbiotes, man. They, you yeah. know, I think when I was reading up on them a few months back about, wait, these things were essentially bacteria and they got engulfed and they started evolving and all that. And then now they're here and they're here to stay. <laughs> here. We should, we should be truth. thankful for that. should be thankful for that. And then another fascinating thing is when it comes to mitochondria, it's like, we only get them from our mothers. Yes. You know, another yes. reason. Yeah. Why, why girls? Thanks, rule, I know, right? That's why girls rule the world. I didn't just say that to get more followers and more listeners. That girls rule the world, but it's in the mitochondrial world. It's very true. Yeah. We don't get any from our fathers, and this is why when we try to trace, you know, <clears throat> our genetics, it's important to know like what conditions the mother had that potentially are passed down via the mitochondria. Super important. So, um, when it comes to energy, and you mentioned other functions that mitochondria have. What are some of those? Uh, and hormone production, of course, mm -hmm. hormone production, yep. energy production. What are some of the other functions that we get from our mitochondria? So, actually, like a funny one is like it stores calcium. It helps with calcium mm -hmm. buffering in our body. And so we learn about calcium. And in school, we we learn that we have these calcium, um, you know, we have pumps in our body, basically for muscle muscle contraction, the way things work. And so it's having too much or not enough calcium can make a big difference. And the mitochondria can swoop in and be like, Ooh, too much. I'll suck you up. Takes calcium or like, Ooh, you need more. Got it. Let me just, let me just push you out here uh, into the mitochondria. And so it, it, there's a huge list of what the mitochondria can do um, besides just make ATP, but the biggest, like if it had a resume, if it had a CV, like, you know, that's, that's its big one is it does. And it, it's a battery. It does energy production. And the other one I really, I focus on a lot of our patients because we do a lot of people that want to optimize their health and obviously get in better shape and, you know, lose weight and burn fat, all that cool stuff. And I was like, well, if your mitochondria are yeah. dysfunctional, and we'll talk about what that means, then you're not going to burn energy the way you need to. And yeah. meaning, are you, how are you using your fats and your proteins, your carbs, mitochondria, they control that metabolism piece of it. Right. And so if you're, and it's a big thing. You mentioned the whole, cause I keep going back to the energy thing. And this is kind of like, and I, I get it a lot of times here in practice. It's like, we do all these great things. Okay. Okay. Working on your sleep, working on your diet. Here's some B vitamins, you know, here's some supplements for this. Here's some peptides for this. And oh my God, you're still tired. Mm -hmm. Okay. We need to step back because that's totally not normal to have all these things optimized. And, it, and you'll, sometimes I'll get it because their labs are great. And you're like, oh, wow, everything is great, but you're still tired. It's like, we need to look at mitochondria. We have to, because yeah. if you're not putting out your, uh, when we were in school, they taught us 36 to 38 eight, uh, units of ATP for one molecule of glucose, but I've been reading some newer articles that say 30 to 32. It's in the, I always just say in the thirties. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it kind of depends on who your researcher is. Yeah. yeah. And okay. You got, okay. You got, y'all got me there somewhere in the thirties. Okay. But if, <laughs> but if you are having this dysfunction and putting out 24, you're going to feel it. Yeah. Oh, completely, completely. Yeah. And mitochondria, they're, um, they're fragile. They, mm -hmm. they do a lot. They're right. We call them the powerhouses. So we think because we're calling the powerhouses, they'd be super strong. You know, these wonder woman type things turns out they're super fragile and they get damaged really easily. They get influenced by chemicals really easily. Uh, they require a lot of nutrients to make them run. So if you're missing mm -hmm. those nutrients, you're not absorbing those nutrients. Um, you know, you know, eating a diet with those nutrients, then they're not, they're not going to do their job. Uh, they, they're, they're 
at prone to um, DNA damage, their mitochondrial DNA. So we have DNA, our human DNA, and then our mitochondria, which is called our mitochondrial mtDNA. Um, and in the cyto, in the little mitochondria themselves, we are we have a little repair system in our body that goes around. Think of it like a mobile, you know, car repair system goes around, drives around, fixes your car when it breaks. It's like AAA. In the mitochondria, we're missing that. It, we don't we don't hardly have any AAAs in our mitochondria. So if the DNA gets affected, chemicals or whatever, oxidative stress, free radicals. AAA is not there to fix it. And so it's more prone to damage compared to our other DNA. So while mitochondria do great things, man, we, they wrap those things in bubble wrap because they get bumped. And all of a sudden they're like, ah, I'm going to break that part off. I can't, it's broken. I can't use yeah. it. Now you're left with like three quarters of a D, you know, a mitochondria. So yeah. Yeah. protect and, them. Yeah. And it's really cool. I'm going to circle back to that reactive oxygen species part of it with mitochondria. They have a really kind of different thing they do with ROSs, which is mm -hmm. pretty unique. You know, mm -hmm. and I definitely talk about that as we get into mitochondrial dysfunction. Segway for those out there listening at home. And so now we know we have these mitochondria, they do all these amazing things for us and they're very fragile. When we talk about mitochondrial dysfunction, what does that mean when you hear that term? So I read a study, a, a literature, this research article, and they said pretty much any dysfunction in the whole body, any, and they had this humongous list, everything from basic old fatigue and headaches all the way up. They included autism, they had Down syndrome, um, viruses, chronic disease, autoimmune, et cetera, et cetera. Mitochondria play a role. It doesn't mean they're the starting factor. It doesn't mean that they were the trigger and the reason, but they play a role. And I thought that was so fascinating is these I have actually read it in a couple of papers now. So, which makes it struggle hard, difficult because people will say, people listening right now are like, well, I got headaches. Does that mean I have mitochondrial dysfunction? Like I'm tired. Does that mean I have, I get skin rashes with that count? I have Hashimoto's. Do you think that's me too? The answer is yes. The mitochondria play a role in everything. They're part, this, this cycle that they do called the Krebs cycle is ridiculously important. And if dysfunctional, among other things, can lead to, contribute to, or worsen, any condition, any of them. And so they, when these, when you read about this, these in the papers and they just sort of go through all the systems, nervous system, cardiovascular system, right? Reproductive system, et cetera, et cetera, musculoskeletal system. And then you remember what the mitochondria do. You're like, oh yeah, of course, of course. Now, is it the leading cause? It probably not, no, you know, but by optimizing your mitochondria, will it help? Likely, yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. There's um, kind of like my internal thing is like, there's probably 97% of my patients here, I'm treating for mitochondrial yeah. dysfunction. <laughs> they may not know it. I mean, I say it overtly because yeah. there's only so much time we got here, right? But at the end of the day, like, I want to make sure that we are doing something to help with their mitochondrial function, right? And sometimes that's not a supplement. Sometimes that's not a prescription. It might just be like, hey, you should sleep more. What, mm -hmm. what can we do to help your sleep? Mm -hmm. You know, maybe we might want to try some intermittent fasting, you know, Hey, how about eating a little bit less? And we'll talk about some of these things and how those, uh, how that incorporates with mitochondrial function and improving it as well. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Okay. So now we've kind of hit that foundation of what mitochondrial dysfunction is. What are some of the things that cause it? Yes. All the things. Yes. yes. All the things. So so let's, let's talk about big things. Um, the, the foods, 
foods. So uh, rancid oils, uh, you know, unhealthy foods, chemicals, toxicants, except, um, fertilizers, et cetera, et cetera. Stress, increasing stress, not having enough antioxidants, not eating enough, you know, colorful type foods. Um, medications. There are a slew of medications out there that have been known. They're studied. They rightfully just put right on their white paper that they know that they damage um, mitochondria. You can be born with mitochondrial uh, inborn errors. Um, and then those are called primary. And then secondary is mostly lifestyle, environmental, medication, et cetera. And so those are the big things that we think of with what affects your mitochondria. So some really cool things about mitochondria, because it's like where I get all excited and I, I was reading some articles and doing my little, old, you know, driving home from work, watching videos and all that. And two of the things that are interesting on mitochondria is how they both produce reactive oxygen species and are mm -hmm. damaged by it. And so two things that struck with me, the first was overeating. Yes. Right? And which was like, oh, why, why is that affecting? Right. Because if you are you know, so if you're eating excess calories, now your body is creating, you know, basically you're creating more ATP, but also now you're creating more ROS. And this is why sometimes, you know, eating too much is an issue. The second thing, which I thought was really fascinating, I definitely hear, because I, I read, I was like, I had the light bulb moment when I was driving, it talked about the cell danger response, and which is mm -hmm. all these things that Dr. Jones mentioned, create that cell danger response your body saying there's something wrong my we need to protect ourselves and we're going to do different things to protect whether that be oxidative you know oxidative species inflammation um stopping cellular metabolism all these things to protect itself right and it mentioned that under the cell danger response the body will actually produce more mitochondria you'll get you know mm -hmm. my, my, you know uh, mitochondrial biogenesis right and as like oh now you have more mitochondria you'll have more reactive oxidative species, mm -hmm. but it's kind of offset because now these, these more mitochondria are producing more energy. So not necessarily a bad thing, you know? So it's kind of fascinating how these, these, these organelles, how, how powerful they are, but they almost have like this little fail safe thing. It's like, Hey, I don't want too much of me, you know? So, yeah. And, and well, and we call it, we, so, cause not all stress is bad. Right. So even things like being out in the sun, this, the sunshine exercise can damage mitochondria. Does that mean you shouldn't exercise? No, it's a good, good stress. Now you can make it a bad stress. You can over-exercise just like you can overeat and then you've causing problems, but it's pushing the limits of your mitochondria so they can become more resilient, expand and handle it better. It's called a stress. And so while we think of worst case scenario, chemicals, toxicants, maybe medications, diets, et cetera, it, it's, it's the normal everyday stuff, breathing, digesting your food. Maybe you didn't overeat at all. You had a typically normal amount of food. The act of digestion requires mitochondrial activation. Any mitochondrial activation, doesn't matter what it is, you will generate these free radicals in the body, which they can be damaging. But if you have your antioxidant system to take care of them, like putting like a fire you know, department, putting out fires, then you're okay. It's when it's an imbalance, that's the problem. You're missing the fire department. We don't have a big enough fire department and now you're raging with fire and that's where you get the symptoms. And that's the biggest thing now, symptoms. Yeah. That's where I wanna close it out a little bit here. So obviously we talked about decrease in energy, right? Mm -hmm. You got me there. Which is probably the, the, I would say it's probably the biggest one, um, both in physical energy and brain energy. So it's, and I, I always clarify with patients, when they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. I'm like, you're so tired. 
but can you read a book? Can you sit down and relax and read a book? Oh yeah, that's not the problem. But could you go on a walk? No, no, no. I'm way too tired. I'm too, like, I do chores. I do my job. I chase after my kids and I'm exhausted at the end of the day, but I can read a book. The opposite is I can't focus. I can't read a book. I can't watch a movie. I can't track. It's exhausting. Any brain work, I do my job and I'm just mentally exhausted at the end of the day. So being able to clarify that is one can be very helpful, but two, the mitochondria are involved in both. Are you physically exhausted or are you mentally exhausted or both? A, a lot of people, unfortunately, in our world are both. So energy. Big, yeah. Big huge. And, and energy is the, as a, as a practitioner, it is the most elusive of our things because at the end of the day, so many patients come to us, like I want more energy. Mm-hmm. Oh, Great. Okay. <laughs> what you could know? it be? <laughs> because energy is, you know, you hit it, it's physical. Mm-hmm. And in many ways, it's psychological, mm-hmm. you know, or you want to call it psychophysical or mm-hmm. psychochemical, whatever it is, because there's two aspects of that, because you can have that physical energy, but if you're, you have, you know, if you're just like, say you're tired, you're exhausted, you can't fold. That's so, sometimes that's worse. Sometimes oh, it's yeah. Worse because yeah. you won't go work out if you're physically tired. I'm sorry, if you're mentally tired. Right. You just won't. And so right. now that leads to a whole cascade of things. Right. Yeah. And so and, and I always say, because, again, we deal with a lot of people looking to optimize their health and function. It's like if you're working out and eating healthy and we've already addressed your hormones and you are not you know, improving your strength, you actually feel like you're getting weaker. Mm-hmm. You know, if your endurance is going down, it may be indicative that we need to focus on your mitochondria a little bit more. And this and- is kind of people report that right the endurance going down they'll say when i go work out i'm exhausted at the end i don't have that high i don't feel better i don't feel like that workout even a light workout it doesn't have to be a hard one um i used to be able to lift weights really well now i can't it's too tired for me you could be struggling in a skeletal muscle with your mitochondria among other things but that's another one that i will hear from people is about the most i can do is walk i used to lift weights but i it's just too hard right now i'm too exhausted Mitochondria is the first thing I think of. It always is everything. It all oh, leads everything. back. It all leads back. It's the it's the gut and the mitochondria. All roads lead to the gut. And the I agree. And it's like you can get that going, and you can do amazing work with people and with ourselves too. Mm-hmm. And so I am super excited for part two. Circle, I'm gonna circle back to some of those conditions that mitochondrial dysfunction is is implicated in, right? Because it's like all the things, right? Mm-hmm. Because Again, like you said, it's like, hey, is it the primary thing? No, can it help? And this is why doing some of the supplements and treatments that we're going to mention in part two can be beneficial for anyone trying to optimize their health. So that's going to be exciting. And I can't wait to do that and talk to you about that. But before we go, if people want more information on um, on you and what you do and your journey, where can they find that? I am active on social media, specifically on Instagram. I'm at dr.carryjones. I am getting more active on TikTok. For those who are into TikTok, I'm braving that. Oh my and my website is drcarryjones.com. I refuse. I am. I refuse to. The TikTok? The TikTok. I won't be TikTok. I refuse. That is the last. If that is it, I will like, like we're going to have to hold my Picking and screaming. Oh no. It's like, cause I'll get hooked. Now I'm, I'm doing like, videos. you will get hooked. Yes. I'll be, I'll be honest. I have learned a lot on TikTok about just things in life. I didn't know for some reason it's the Man. book of the life of TikTok. Um, but Man. a number of our colleagues are over there spreading education. So, yeah. and this is the moment where I realized that TikTok will not be sponsoring this podcast and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and at that moment, Dr. Jones realized, right. He has lost a potential spot sponsor and that's okay. Well, hey, thanks for the time for part, you know, for part one. 
excited for part two. There'll be more information in the show notes. And great talking to you. And for everyone listening and watching, we will see you very soon. Thank you. So what I'm going to do is stop recording.